Good morning. It is the 22nd of December, 2023. And this story of Francis's and Fernandez's new document on blessing of the James Martin types continues to make stories, make headlines around the world. I probably got six notifications from various, from uh, Google yesterday saying that the secular media had, or from it was notifications of secular media articles saying that the Vatican had, had endorsed the James Martin sin, basically. That's how it's being portrayed. And there's this thing called the Mandela effect that will help us to understand all of this. And if you're familiar with the Mandela effect, it's that people might misremember something, but that, but because of how they misremembered, it, it becomes like so many people misremember something that that's, it becomes true. And there's a whole lot of these out there. So we're going to talk about all that today. But first, I want to give a correction for yesterday's video, something in my video yesterday. Um, I mentioned in my video, my normal video, not my live stream, but my regular video the, about the seminarians in France who have been banned from saying the traditional mass or being going to the traditional mass. Um, that, that, that information came from a seminarian there. But I mentioned Dom Alcuin Reed's organization and got a couple facts wrong. And he actually emailed me. There's a possibility of an interview with him in the future. If you want to see that, let me know in the chat. Um, uh, but he, uh, he emailed me this. And so I'm just going to read verbatim the correction. Okay. And I have his permission to read this part of the email. So he says the Holy See's de decree ban on any ordinations by Bishop Ray or of any of his subjects was signed in Rome on April 28th, 2022. Monsignor Tuve referred to this in his remarks on December 10th. Monsignor Ray received it shortly afterward and tried his best to have it revoked. But Cardinal Ouellette would not change his mind, hence he had to inform the ordinance and then announce it publicly, which he did at the beginning of June, as I correctly note. The decision of the Holy See was, as I said in my video, the result of a fraternal visitation to the diocese and to the seminary. They were a result of a petition by 30 priests of the diocese in 2020. These priests protested to the Metropolitan Archbishop about the seminary reforms envis envisaged by Monsignor Ray. Here are the reforms. They're to wear the cassock, more frequent traditional masses, and a changeover in staff with notably more tradition-friendly ones, more classical academic formation, etc. A pause here. In other words, 30 priests in the diocese objected to the bishop, Bishop Ray, of trying to turn the seminary into a, essentially a traditional seminary for the formation of traditionally-minded priests. Even if those priests who graduated only ever offered the ordinary form of the mass afterwards, they would still be formed in the traditional faith, have a traditional understanding of the sacraments and a traditional understanding of how a priest is to comport himself, all the things that we would want. That happened because the priest, 30 priests in his, in his diocese contacted the Vatican. So let's continue with the correction. <clears throat> the ban on ordinations was the result of more than two years of agitation. The visitors neither came to us, Dom Alcuin Reed's organization, nor solicited any information from us in that time or later. That is to say, we were not directly part of that picture. The focus was on the seminary, even if many French bishops had loathed Monsignor Ray and his welcome of all manner of communities for many, many years now. Monsignor Ray became aware of our ordinations by means of a letter I myself, Dom Alcuin Reed, wrote to him and which was handed to him personally on the afternoon of April 30th. That is, after the Vatican decree banning ordinations to the diocese was signed. Before that, our ordinations were totally secret and did not become public knowledge until the diocese itself was most imprudently made them public on May 13th. That is to say that our ordinations did not play any role whatsoever in the Vatican's decision. They could not have known and did not know about them 
fact. And that's the end of his clarification. So I want to make sure people don't misunderstand. If I, if I, if I came across as implying that Dom Alcuin Reed's organization was responsible in any way for the hammer being dropped on Bishop, on Bishop Ray, my apologies to that. It was not my intention. That's an interesting bit of information he gave us, though, about that seminarian, about the, uh, the seminary situation there. That the priests there were offering, were being made to go to the traditional mass. They were being made to wear cassocks. They were having other traditional, uh, other parts of traditional clerical formation. And the result was that 30 priests in the diocese essentially wrote to Rome to complain about their own bishop. And for those of you who think that the, that the decree will that Francis issued yesterday gives priests enough la- uh, wiggle room to, to opt out of it, look at what happened to Bishop Ray on an entirely different subject that is completely tr- uh, linked to this, though. <laughs> Diane Stride would like to have uh, me interview Dom Alcuin Reed. We'll see if we can make that happen. John Andrew says, 40 and rainish around my old neighborhood, but you're warmer now. What do you mean by my old neighborhood? Here where I'm at sitting right now, it's either raining now or was when I went outside about an hour ago. And it's about in the 40s here. So it's about the same from where I lived in Portland to where I'm at now. Um, But yeah, let's continue now with the actual story. So we have Francis issued a statement, and I'm going to just not read the whole thing. Okay, this is in the aftermath of his of his statement on uh, fiducia supplicans, or however you say it, but it's it's titled as his Christmas greeting to the Roman Curia. Now, I expect he's still going to have a Christmas address. Now, as, I, as I've said, I plan to do a live stream Christmas morning, and if I do it, if I can schedule it at a time that I want to do it, while and hopefully that time will also be after he's issued a statement, and I could just go to the Vatican's website, or I can go to... Uh, Vatican News or something and get it so I can give you his Christmas address because it would be good to know what he's going to say, partially because I'll see if there's anything like this here. But his address to the Roman Curia for the exchange for the exchange of Christmas greetings given Thursday, December 21st, that's yesterday, 2023. The part that's making all sorts of headlines here is this part here. So we'll just go here from here. So quoting Francis, in our service here in the Curia too, it is important to keep faring forward, to keep searching and growing in our understanding of the truth, overcoming the temptation to stand still and never leave the labyrinth of our fears. Fear, rigidity, and monotony make for an immobility that has the apparent advantage of not creating problems. Stay put, don't move, but lead us to wander aimlessly within our labyrinths, to the detriment of the service we are called to offer the church and the whole world. Let us remain rigid. Let us remain vigilant against rigid ideological positions that often, under the guise of good intentions, separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. We are called instead to set out and journey like the Magi, following the light that always desires to lead us on. At times, along unexplored paths and new roads, let us not forget that the journey of the Magi and every journey in the Bible always begins from above, with a call to the Lord, with a sign from heaven or because God himself becomes a guide to illumine the path of his children. So whenever the service we offer risks becoming dull, enclosed in the labyrinth of rigidity and mediocrity, whenever we find ourselves entangled in the web of bureaucracy and content just to get by, let us always remember to look up, to start afresh from God, to be enlightened by his word, and to find the courage needed to start anew. Let us not forget that the only way to escape from a labyrinth is to see things from above. 
pausing here. He's basically giving you a progressive line wrapped up in Catholic sounding language that it's time to move forward and accusing those who don't want to move forward of being rigid. I'll take that accusation and embrace it. It takes courage to journey, to fare forward. It's a matter of love. It takes courage to love. I think of something I once heard from a zealous priest, which can also help us in our work in the Curia. He said that it is not easy to rekindle the embers under the ashes of the church. Today, we strive to kindle passion in those who have long since lost it. Meaning, he's saying the pa- that those of us who are rigid have lost the passion for the church. Okay, that is a gigantic accusation. He's calling us faithless. Let's go. Keep going. 60 years after the council, we are still debating the division between progressives and conservatives. But that is not the difference. The real central difference is between lovers and those who have lost that initial passion. That is the difference. Only those who love can fare forward. In other words, if you're not on board, you have lost the faith. That's what he's saying. Is it forward? I'm hoping that nobody, uh, yeah, okay. Charles Wagner, it's over. Get rid of Abraham. And all, uh, Charles, what are you advocating for, Charles? Just be blunt about it in the chat. I'm very curious because that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm going to keep going because so there's Francis's statement. And now I'm going to give you something else, something that has been, people have been quoting in my, here in my chat, in my, in my comment section a lot lately. And this is the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi. If you're familiar with the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi, I've, I've actually done videos on this before. And it, he has been given the books that have been published with this, like the, the earliest books that have been published with the containing this, the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi, bear imprimaturs, meaning they're actually officially licensed by the church. The church endorses this, basically. One wonders if that'll stand. Here's the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi for you. Act bravely, my brethren, take courage and trust in the Lord. The time is fast approaching in which there will be great trials and afflictions. Perplexities and dissensions, both spiritual and temporal, will abound. The charity of many will grow cold and the malice of the wicked will increase. The devils will have unusual power. The immaculate purity of our order and of others will be so much obscured that there will be very few Christians who will obey the true sovereign pontiff and the Roman church with loyal hearts and perfect charity. At the time of this tribulation, a man, not canonically elected, will be raised to the pontificate, who by his cunning will endeavor to draw many into error and into their destruction. Then scandals will be multiplied, our order will be divided, and many others will be entirely destroyed, because they will consent to error instead of opposing it. There will be such diversity of opinions and schisms among the people, the religious and the clergy, that except those days were shortened according to the words of the gospel, even the elect would be led into error, were they not specially guided amid such great confusion by the immense mercy of God. Then our rule and manner of life will be, will be strongly opposed by some, and terrible trials will come upon us. Those who are found faithful will receive the crown of life, but woe to those who, trusting solely in their order, shall fall into tepidity, for they will not be able to support the temptations permitted for the proving of the elect. Those who preserve their fervor and adhere to virtue with love and zeal for the truth will suffer injuries and persecutions as rebels and schismatics. For the persecutors, urged on by the evil spirits, will say that they are rendering a great service to God by destroying such pestilent men from the face of the earth. But the Lord will be the refuge of the afflicted and will save all who trust in him. 
And in order to be like their head, Jesus Christ, these the elect will act with confidence and by their ending will purchase for themselves eternal life. Choosing to obey God rather than men, they will fear nothing and they will prefer to perish physically rather than consent to falsehood and perfidy. Some preachers will keep silent about the truth and others will trample it underfoot and deny it. The preservation of life will be held in derision even by those who outwardly profess it. For in those days, Jesus Christ will send them not a true pastor, but a destroyer. The prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi. I'm going to go check my chat here to see if I actually got a response. Let's see here. Did not get a response, which is good because I suspect I would not have liked it. Sonny Jim says that that prophecy is consistent with our Blessed Mother's numerous apparitions. That is absolutely true. It is. It's why actually I tend to think it's real. I keep promising this video, and I need to get around to making it. It's the a synthesis of all the approved major approved Marian apparitions, the warnings that they had. So you could see, you could figure out what the third secret of Fatima really is by just reading all of them together. Um, but yes, let's keep moving on because let's actually get to some of the statements that have come out. First, let's talk about what happened in England. <laughs> so we have this. There's a statement by the British Confraternity of Catholic Clergy. It represents 500 priests and deacons in Great Britain. The British Episcopate, meaning the bishops of England, are thrilled by this new statement by Francis. They love it. By a lot of the American bishops love it. The Canadian bishops apparently love it. The ones who are resisting it in both America and in America, the UK and Canada are doing so in a very lukewarm manner, except for like Bishop Strickland and a couple others. But, and I can't read this whole thing to you. But what they basically do is they say the British confraternity of Catholic clergy responding to widespread confusion over Catholic doctrine on the subject at hand and uh, behaviors of the flesh outside of holy matrimony feel impelled to reassert the traditional teaching of the Catholic Church from the catechism of the Catholic Church, which remains unchanged and unchangeable. And then they just quote you the catechism. Okay. If you want to go find the paragraphs, they have them here, 2357 and 2391 of the current catechism. And then they say, it is in this context that we must assess the recent document, Fiducia Supplicans, which proposes a call for discernment, which may lead to bestowing blessings on those in James Martin pairings. We note the noble pastoral desire to assist people to move forward by renewal of life and the call to conversion, building on all aspects of natural goodwill and virtue. Nevertheless, we see no situation in which such a blessing of those in question could be properly and adequately distinguished from some level of approval. Thus, it would inevitably lead to scandal to the individuals concerned, to those involved directly or indirectly in the blessing, or to the minister himself. Indeed, from the comments in the media over the past few days, and from con the concerns passed on to us by the faithful, we can already see that such scandal is being given. We believe that genuine charity always follows true doctrine, and that such blessings would work against the legitimate care a priest owes to his flock. With honest parisia and from our own experience as pastors, we conclude that such blessings are theologically, pastorally, and practically inadmissible. I like that statement. It's very basic, but it's also, it's very true that these kinds of statements, that these kind of, what they're asking for, what Francis and Fernandez are authorizing here are inadmissible. <clears throat> Going to check the chat again. <laughs> I'm being asked to do that video on uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. It wouldn't actually take that long to do. I just haven't gotten around to it. I have a, my, a we were warned video for you coming the, uh, sometime the week of Christmas. So that's coming, but it had nothing to do with Virgin Mary. So, um, 
All right, let's go to the first of the bishop's uh, statements, though. This comes from the auxiliary bishop, an auxiliary bishop, Bishop Mutzeritz. He's um, another one to keep an eye on. He's like, he is like Bishop Strick, not Strickland, Bishop Schneider in a lot of ways, including being an assistant bishop. He's not as, I would say, theologically minded as Schneider, but he is faithful and he's an auxiliary bishop. So it's a lot of risk for him in the statement that you're about to hear. But here is his full statement. It's only about five minutes long or six minutes long. And we'll go from there to talk about Cardinal Mueller. The full response by auxiliary bishop Robert Mutzerts of the Netherlands to the Vatican Declaration, Fiducia Supplicans, titled, Again, That Diabolical Ambiguity. With the Declaration, Fiducia Supplicans, of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, approved by Francis, it will be possible to place James Martin Parings. So reads a headline above an article on the Vatican's own website. Admittedly, such a blessing should be performed without any ritualization, nor should it give the impression of marriage. The doctrine regarding marriage does not change, and the blessing does not signify approval of the pairing, the official Vatican website continues. The issue is not the blessing of sinners. Logically, that has always been possible. The Church has always invited people to receive God's blessing. The Declaration reiterates this once again. That there can be no sacramental marriage, the statement is also clear on that. A Church marriage of those we are talking about here is and remains impossible. This remains reserved for the, tra the traditional understanding of it, nor can there be any formal form of ritualization, as we find in the Benedictional. This note can be considered a reaction to formal blessing of James Martin Parings in Germany, where the Bishop's Conference has formalized this type of blessing. Then there is a third type of blessing called spontaneous blessings. Here one can think of a pilgrim asking for a blessing of a priest present in the place of a pilgrimage or the blessing asked by a churchgoer to a priest when distributing communion because he is not yet baptized, or a baptized person who considers himself unworthy of receiving communion and intends to receive the sacrament of confession. Who can receive this blessing? Everyone. So far, nothing new. But then come the confusing passages in the statement. Why does one ask for a blessing? To remove the brokenness in one's life. After all, it is God's blessing that it is being asked for. The first question to ask is, would God want to give his blessing on this? God who loves nothing more than for people to come to repentance to share in God's love. Can God give his blessing to a sinner? As mentioned, yes, of course. Repentant sinners who come to repentance are hardly pardoned. An entirely different question is, can God give his blessing on sin? Of course not. We love the sinner, but we do not love the sin. In all three forms of blessing, sacramental, formal, informal, exactly the same principle applies. And this is where it goes wrong in Fiducia Supplicans. A James Martin-type Christian can be blessed individually, but one cannot bless a, such a relationship because the Church characterizes it as disordered or sinful. This disordered character is affirmed, but nevertheless, the Declaration says that blessing such relationships is a possibility. In other words, blessing a sinful relationship is possible. God giving his blessing on a sin, it is a travesty. What is all this based on? There is no reference to Church Fathers, to documents of Popes, to writings of theologians, but almost exclusively to earlier documents of Pope Francis himself. Fiducia Supplicans wants to be a pastoral outreach, but what the Declaration understands by blessing is totally diffuse. It is unclear why someone would ask for a priest's blessing and why a priest would want to give his blessing. Normally it is to bring one's life more in line with God's will. It is a call to holiness, but nowhere in the Declaration is there a call to repentance. There is no reference to truth. It does not contain a call for James Martin couples to live in abstinence in accordance with God's plan, 
in which acti uh, activities suitable to the married state are reserved for the traditional understanding of that. It is a repetitive refrain in this pontificate. The lack of clarity, the sowing of confusion, the Pope who says not to change the doctrine of the Church, but at the same time creates opportunities for the practice to the contrary. You cannot maintain doctrine and provide for other criteria. An underlying problem is that in James Martin-type pairings, one begins to identify sin and sinner. One identifies as a James Martin-type Christian, and there is no such thing. Neither is there such a thing as a Christian who has who identifies with substance that they illicitly use. No, you are a Christian with a problem with that substance. You are a Christian with inclinations towards those fleshly activities. When you make sin your identity, there is no way out. We act as if the James Martin crowd are a unique kind of sinner whom we must treat separately, but the same applies to them as to any other sinner. The James Martin crowd feel excluded from church community, but the church does not exclude anyone. No one is bad enough not to be allowed in, and no one is good enough to be left out, with one exception. Those who feel they're deficient in nothing, they can stay home. Everyone is welcome. But something is asked of you. Repentance. The call to repentance. And this is precisely the ambiguity of fiducia supplicans. One does not want to name the sinful nature. And this is also what the James Martin crowd does not want. One demands that not they, but that the church must change. Every blessing is meant for the sinner but not for those who believe that this is not the case with them. But then why ask for a blessing at all? By definition, blessing is for sinners who recognize their shortcomings and need God's help to improve. The Declaration offers the possibility of receiving blessing, but does not speak a word about a corrective, and the priest is asked to give his blessing on a disordered state that continues. This is not pastoral, nor is it merciful, but rather unloving. The priest's job is to point out their situation. His job is to bring people closer to God, not to guide them further toward the abyss. Because that is what you are doing. I will give my blessing to anyone who asks for it, but under no circumstances will I give my blessing to a sinful situation. And that has nothing to do with being unjust. The same goes for traditional, for more traditional relationships where illicit activity is involved. Holy Father, please be clear. You are not helping anyone with this. No one at all. Signed, Robert Mitzeritz, Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Serhetskonbosch. A good, a good statement. One that I'm happy to say was aimed clearly for an audience of, of regular lay people to understand. And that's why I'm not giving you Cardinal Mueller's full letter. It's like 20 minutes in length, and it's pretty theological. Instead, we're gonna, I'm going to give you some highlights, though. In his, let's see here. But in his letter here, <clears throat> he said he has some things to say in his own letter. Cardinal Mueller does. And I've been waiting to see what he would say, because of all the bishops that I cover here, he might be the most respected across the church because he is a moderate. He is on good terms with liberation theologians. He's on good terms with James Martin, even though he disagrees with him. He he's very, he's also much more unequivocally pro Vatican II than any of the other bishops that I cover. Most of the others have hinted to some degree that there was some kind of problem. Where, like, you know, with the best example of that being Bishop Schneider, who has just flat out said there are problems in the documents that need to be addressed. Cardinal Mueller is the most moderate of all of them. And so this is why I was waiting to see what he would say on this. And he, he tells us that the church cannot bless that, that which is contrary to God's law. And initially, he reminds us that the document does affirm this. If you've read it like I have, it does. 
the beginning say that. But Mueller then points out the obvious here, that the document contradicts itself over and over and over and over again. And it contradicts scripture. It contradicts the teachings of the church, which is why the only footnotes in the whole book or in the whole document are to Francis himself. You will find nothing in that document that is to anything else up except there. Uh, there are a couple of scriptural quotes which don't back up what's being said in the document in the slightest. This is potentially the most important statement of all of them. And it's clearly written towards the bishops, which is why I'm not reading the whole thing for you. Because one, you don't want to hear me see me spend the next 15 minutes going over Cardinal Mueller's thing line by line where it's very theological language. But I have some, you know, some good meaty quotes here. So he says, quote, first of all, the document recognizes that both the CDF responsum of 2021, this is an issue, something that that uh, Ladaria, Cardinal Ladaria issued back in 2021 saying, no, you can't do these kind of blessings. And the traditional valid and binding teaching on blessings do not permit blessings in situations that are contrary to God's law. As in the case of the uh, activities of the flesh outside of holy matrimony. <clears throat> this is clear for the sacraments, but also for other blessings, which the document calls liturgical. These, quote, liturgical blessings belong to what the church has called sacramentals, as witnessed by the Rituale Romanum. In these two types of blessings, there must be an agreement between the blessing and the church's teaching, end quote. And he goes on to demonstrate that the document contradicts church teaching, that it is, in fact, a sin being blessed, despite what Pope's planners will tell you, despite what... Fernandez has tried to say in passing in the aftermath of this, the document is endorsing sin. That's what it's doing. It achieves this by engaging in mental gymnastics, inventing novel categories of blessings that could be applied by the logic of this document to any social problem the church normally resists in the broader culture. He explicitly says what I have to call the uh, Moloch ritual on this channel as his primary example that this could be used to bless that or the uh, facilities that that ritual is taken, uh, that are done, where those facilities where the ritual is done in. But others have pointed to other examples like, uh, we'll call them multi-partner relationships and other evils. Mueller explicitly says the DDF blessing document is contrary to the gospel. The entire category of pastoral blessings, he says, has no basis in scripture. He lists three kinds of blessings. And the third is the new novel one, the pastoral blessing that's in this document. And there is no basis in that for scripture. We don't compare them to those receiving a blessing in the communion line at the Novus Ordo. And I say at the Novus Ordo because at the traditional mass, you don't go up to the communion rail, you get on your knees and then put your arms across the chest if you don't want to receive the, the Eucharist and said want to receive a blessing. You don't do that. You can just go to the priest outside of mass and get a, per, a, a blessing in private if you would like, but you don't do that at the communion line in the traditional mass. Now, Mueller goes on from here, though, to invoke Alice in Wonderland to demonstrate the danger of inventing new approaches like this to novel sort of inventions of blessings and things. Here's what he says on that quote. This leads to a second observation it is hazardous to invent new terms that go against the traditional usage of language. Such procedure can give rise to arbitrary exercises of power. In the case at hand, the fact is that a blessing has an objective reality of its own and thus cannot be redefined at will to fit a subjective intention. That is contrary to the nature of a blessing. Here, Humpty Dumpty's famous line from Alice in Wonderland comes to mind. When I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean, neither more nor less. To which Alice replies, the question is whether you can make words mean so many different things. And Humpty Dumpty says, the question is which is to be master. That is all. End quote.
this manipulation of language is an arbitrary use of power. That's all it is. It's designed to get to to use the language of the church to achieve goals contrary to the church and contrary to the gospel, contrary to the will of God, contrary to our blessed Lord. That is what he's objecting to here. And he goes on to demonstrate this by calling the blessing in question blasphemy. Quote, the difficulty of blessing a union or couple is especially evident in the case of the James Martin sin. For in the Bible, a blessing has to do with the order that God has created and that he has declared to be good. This order is based on the natural differences between man and woman, called to be one flesh. Blessing a reality that is contrary to creation is not only impossible, it is blasphemy. Once again, it is not a question of blessing persons who live in a union that cannot be compared in any way to holy matrimony, but of blessing the very union that cannot be compared to it. It is precisely for this purpose that a new kind of blessing was created. End quote. It's blasphemy. The church can't do this, so they invent. They just categorically invented new things. You remember that statement I read to you from Francis given yesterday to the in his Christmas message to the Roman Curia, where he talked about the don't be you know those people objecting to all of this essentially are afraid of moving forward. They've lost their love and passion for the Lord and for the church. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about the novelty. The church had to do something new to address this, although he never gives a good reason for needing to do this. And that is what we're going over here. So finally, Cardinal Mueller says, and here's a longer quote. Here's how he ends the document. I'm just going to let you hear how he ends this. It's impossible for a priest to offer these blessings. Quote, in light of this, can a faithful Catholic accept the teaching of the document? Given the unity of deeds and words in the Christian faith, one can only accept that it is good to bless this, even in a pastoral way, if one believes that such unions are not objectively contrary to the law of God. It follows that as long as Pope Francis continues to affirm such pairings are always contrary to God's law, he is implicitly affirming that such blessings cannot be given. The teaching of the document is therefore self-contradictory and thus requires further clarification. The church cannot celebrate one thing and teach another, because as St. Ignatius of Antioch wrote, Christ was the teacher who spoke and it was done. See Ephesians chapter 15, verse 1. And one cannot separate his flesh from his word. The other question we have, the question we asked was whether a priest could agree to bless this, some of which coexist with a legitimate marriage or in which it is not uncommon for partners to change. According to the document, he could not do so with a non-liturgical, non-official pastoral blessing. This would mean that the priest would have to give these blessings without acting in the name of Christ and the church, but this would mean that he would not be acting as a priest. In fact, he would have to give these blessings not as a priest of Christ, but as one who has rejected Christ. In fact, by his actions, the priest who blesses the, those present presents them as a path to the Creator. Therefore, he commits a sacrilegious and blasphemous act against the Creator's plan and against Christ's death for us, which meant to fulfill the Creator's plan. The diocesan bishop is concerned as well. A pastor of his local church, he is obliged to prevent those sacrilegious acts. Otherwise, he could become an accomplice to them and would deny the mandate given to him by Christ to confirm his brethren in the faith. Priests should proclaim God's love and goodness to all people and also help sinners and those who are weak and have difficulty in conversion with counsel and prayer. This is very different from pointing out to them with self-invented but misleading signs and words that God is not so demanding about sin. Thus, hiding the fact that sin is thought, word, and deed distances us from God. There is no blessing, not only in public, but also in private, for sinful living, conditions that objectively contradicts God's holy will. And it is for no evidence 
of a healthy hermeneutic that the courageous defenders of Christian doctrine are branded as, as rigorists, more interested in the legalistic fulfillment of the moral norms than in the salvation of concrete persons. Pausing here. This is his repudiation of Francis's statement at the Roman Curia before Francis even gave it, because it was so predictable that he was going to do this. Francis and others have, in, in the document, says that those who object to this are more interested in the legal, law, like the laws and norms of the church than they are of the salvation of souls. And Mueller here is saying that to say that shows the absolute weakness of their entire logic for doing this. For this is what Jesus says to ordinary people. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. And the apostle explains it this way. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whoever is begotten by God conquers the world. And the victory that conquers the world is our faith. Who indeed is the victor over the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? At a time when a false anthropology is undermining the divine institution of holy matrimony with the family and its children, the church should remember the words of our Lord and head. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. Her narrow, How narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life. And those who find it are few. That's Mueller's response. And again, the reason I keep bringing Cardinal Mueller to my channel I don't think he, he is not a traditionalist in the slightest. He is firmly a moderate of the hermeneutic of continuity. And he's possibly the most respected of the better bishops be, across the church. His words hold weight. And I expect at some point they're going to try to punish him for this. He already was punished once by removing him from being the, the prefect for the congregation of the doctrine of the faith and then not giving him another job. But that was Cardinal Mueller's statement. I have for you tomorrow in a standalone video, not part of the live stream, Vigano statement. His was spicy to the point where I couldn't even put the text on screen. But his statement was really good. Um, YouTube, by the way, almost didn't like that video. Just to say, even with my usual having to dance around terminology, it took a while for that one to be uh, okayed by the platform and in an unusual amount of time. I am curious what people are saying in the chat. It's like there's some... Uh, Interesting things going on here. Ah, somebody's calling Schneider a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay, well, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm loving the the people who are basically thinking that the ongoing just problems in the church are a good thing. Um, also, some uh, conversation about how the language was uh, co-opted. Um. Darlene says she hasn't seen the vegan response. You'll have it tomorrow. I promise you. It's um, I may send it early to channel members and patrons. I don't usually do two posts a week to the patrons and channel members. I don't like to flood your inbox, but I might do that with this. So if you, if, uh, if you're a channel member, I mean the, the patron, the channel members will get it. will get their early access as usual. But like, if you're, you know, a Patreon or something, let me know if you want me to make, uh, do a post with this as well as uh, the radio show thing I did yesterday. All right, folks. If there are any further things in the chat to any questions, this is the time to ask. This is uh, also, I'm going to remind you, we're in Advent. It's, <laughs> we're approaching the last Sunday of Advent. Please make the last few days of, uh, of Rose Week um, profitable for you in your spiritual life. Don't let these things bring you down. I highly recommend as we approach Christmas, 
and all through Advent, or the rest of Advent, then the Christmas season, and then when we get into Lent, if you're watching this kind of stuff, try to give yourself something spiritual, positive, and uplifting to counterbalance it. Whether you get it from my educational videos or you sense fidelium or wherever you get it from, do something constructive to help with a palate cleanser to help keep you focused, okay? Don't, don't lose your way in all of this because there are just bad things happening in the Vatican that are that will demand at some point our Lord to step in. Tina says, so priests can make up blessings for them. So for others too. Yeah, that's the logic. The thing is so vaguely worded that the logic has to apply to other things. Any evil you can name in culture, they're going to, they can advocates for it in the church who are quote in the church will say can, can find any good that they can, they can think of with mental gymnastics and then offer a blessing for it. The document is, has a lot of implications for, for that kind of thing. So why I'm very curious what Cardinal Burke is going to say, because Burke is a canon lawyer. So I'm very curious what he's going to say. He has to say something about this. All right. Darlene is saying she's having a peaceful advent, best in 12 years since her adult seven. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're for you're having a the, the best advent you've had. All things considered, that is a blessing, especially for some of the other things you said there. It's all it's a blessing. What is the best practice for young children at TLM Communion Rail? I'm new to tradition. Um, I mean, it depends on the parish, but you know, you at my most parishes, the priest won't give them communion. My parish priest and the associate pastor at my parish will off will will do a you know a, an external blessing over each of the children while the parents are receiving. And yes, they'll be at the altar rail too. You know, probably arms up on the rail, standing if they're that small on the actual, uh, you know, on the actual kneeler part. It's it's fine to bring them up if that's what you're asking. <sighs> Would a large group of clergy all be relieved of their posts in, in mass, say in several African countries? Well, that sounds like they'd be trying to eliminate like 90% of the priests in those countries. I don't see how you do that. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, Chester saying, D -d this is why I tell you not, don't leave. If you start having those thoughts, go find a traditional parish. FSSP, SSP, X Institute, Christ King. I don't care which group it is. Just go there, okay? And pray for those priests because I suspect those are the parishes you're going to see a lot of the people demanding such blessings are going to go to with documents in hand from Francis claiming that's what they're getting. Vatican News articles and other such things. All right. Well, thank you, Lynn. I appreciate the kind words. Um, may all of you have a blessed Saturday. I have a news video going live in about three minutes, actually. So, um, uh, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.